0: Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio. This is I Want to Be A, where we each episode finish that sentence with a different profession and talk with an individual experience in that particular field. Today on LJN Radio, I want to be an actuary. We'll discuss what that means exactly and how you can develop a successful career in this discipline. To give us the details, we have Joff Williams joining us. He's a consulting actuary with Actuarial Management Resources, Incorporated. Thanks for coming on today, Joff. Thank you. Before we uh, jump into sort of the the subject matter itself, the first thought that pops into my head with any of our uh, experienced professionals is what was it really that attracted you to this industry?
1: Sure. Um, Back when I was looking at careers in college, um, one of the interests I had was in You know, mathematics, just in terms of growing up, that was a subject area that I seemed to do well in and and certainly was um, attracted to that area. But as I began to look around for opportunities, you know, certainly the traditional area of, you know, being a teacher or or that kind of thing always came to mind, but that just wasn't something I was necessarily interested in. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I found out based on where I was going to college there was a program there actually in actuarial science, um, okay. and someone at that time had mentioned that that may be a field I might be interested in. Well,
0: oh, and that brings up the question that I think a lot of people probably have when they hear the term actuary, and how would you define it? What exactly can you say to break it down for sort of the, the general population that probably doesn't quite understand what you're doing? Is there a, a quick way to summarize it? Sure.
1: I think so. Um I mean, basically, an actuary is a professional that's had training that's specific to really defining risk. Um, and, and, and while an actuary typically is an individual that'll work either in the insurance industry or in the pension industry or as a casualty in the property and casualty area, that's where you find them traditionally. But in more general, they're there they're to define risk um, and, and use their mathematical skills to evaluate that risk.
0: Well, I think that obviously answers the the question, the idea of what the most important part of your jobs would be, uh, depending on, you know, obviously it could be across different industries. For yourself, though, take us through how it all started. You mentioned a little bit how you got interested in it and and how that all came up, but um, what was sort of, what's been your career path to where we are now?
1: Sure. Again, I heard about the career when I was in college um, in the school that I actually was attending at that time. Um, had an actuarial program, which at that time was, was unusual. Not many colleges actually have a, a degree in actuarial science. Um, but someone had mentioned it, and so I looked into that. And And one of the things that interested me about it at that time was their program was actually in the business school. Um, and, it, and it actually focused not just on the actuarial aspect, which is highly with mathematical skills and, and math and that kind of statistics, Mm-hmm. but it also involved taking business classes. Okay. Um, and, and that interests me because that was kind of one of the reasons I wasn't necessarily interested in being a teacher was I wanted something more on the business side. And so, you know, that really got my interest.
0: So is that something that when you're going through, do you start to develop an idea of what you want to do in terms of what industry you're going into? Is there a, a common area that most actuaries go? I mean, healthcare, insurance, uh, you said you mentioned the business side. Obviously, is there sort of a, a common ground that a lot of actuaries end up joining?
1: Yeah, I think most most actuaries w- would end up beginning a career in certainly either the insurance industry, and when I say insurance, that could be with a life insurance company, mm. or or with a health insurance company, or even with a property and casualty dealing with auto and homeowners insurance. Those are the The typical areas where you would see an actuary begin their career. Um, Some actuaries may even begin in a pension firm dealing with pension aspects.
0: Are there any other, I mean, maybe, I don't want to say outside the box areas, but maybe something that to the general public would sound more interesting or something that, well, I wouldn't have thought of that, that an actuary could help out in terms of risk or assessment in those ways.
1: There certainly are becoming more opportunities. I know the industry as a whole is looking at what we call kind of non-traditional roles for actuaries. You know, areas that come to mind um, that I can think of where actuaries are practicing. I mean, we've got um, actuaries that are practicing in banks, Mm -hmm. um, certainly deal in risk. You've even got actuaries dealing with corporate clients and companies that don't really have traditional roles but they face risk, whether that's automakers or, or you know, or anybody that may have an element where they want to evaluate their risk and take the statistical training that an actuary has had and use that to their advantage. Sure. Um and we've we've even had I think there's actuaries that have been out there in the statistical area with baseball um and, and analyzing risk. From a, you know trades and, and statistical mathematics to do that as well.
0: Well, it is interesting you bring that up, and I am a big baseball fan, so you definitely hit on a, a positive subject there. But I did wonder—you could argue that there's risk everywhere in any in any industry. Uh, is, is that become a, a bigger side of it in your mind? I mean, just sports in general, because you have all that money, or any industry where just when there's a lot of money involved, does that become you know more important as far as the actuary side?
1: I guess I'm not sure. I would really say that that it's defined around money, okay. um, if that's what you're... Yeah, no, I don't um, I don't think that defines it. I mean, I'm just thinking of where there's risk in general mm-hmm. and taking advantage of, of the statistics that are available to make a better judgment and maybe make a, a more educated judgment on analyzing that data.
0: And the only reason I asked was, I mean, there are a number of statistics talking about a lot of job growth in this area. So it was just interesting to see and to hear possibly where actuaries might be sort of pitching in. And I think that's, uh, I think you bring up the idea of any statistics where you can quantify that. I think that makes a lot of sense. If we talk about your position now and for yourself, your career, uh, just to give people an idea of what a typical day might look like, could you maybe walk us through a little bit what your day is like, sort of what you have as a goal on a day-to-day basis or type of hours you're working, just a a nice little breakdown for our listeners?
1: Well, first to kind of define, I mean, I'm a consulting actuary. So that tends to be a little bit differently than say an actuary that may work in an insurance company environment. Mm -hmm. But typically, you know, obviously my day is going to be spent um, with a fair amount of work on a computer. Obviously we do, you know, a lot of work with programs and and writing spreadsheets and and, and do a lot of data management. Um, And then me as a consultant, you know, I'll have a lot of time spent with contact with clients, um, whether that's, you know, interaction on the phone with communication, um, certainly, but that time is spent there as well. Um, And and then, you know, I'd say the other part of my day is also doing just a lot of business analysis, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, getting reports, trying to make sense of information and data, trying to understand it, to make assessment of that information, to make decisions.
0: How much does technology play a role in all this now? I would imagine... Over the course of the last ten, twenty years, it's it's helped in a lot of ways. What would you say has been the the biggest benefit to it?
1: Well, I think you know, there certainly there has been. I mean, technology has played a bigger and bigger role. I know in my day-to-day practice over the years. Um, I think one thing obviously is you have you know access to data probably a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. um, or even maybe a lot quicker. You can handle more data um, in terms of just volume and size at one time. So that that can be to an advantage. Um, cause obviously when you're dealing with statistics, the more data you can get, you know, at least you can get, depending on the situation, maybe a better able to assess that data and, and draw conclusions from that. Um, you know, but all the technology that's available, that's expanded, you know, what, a, what a computer can hold in terms of its memory and how, you know, how much data it can handle has certainly helped all that. Um, Definitely, and you know, I think, and then the tools. I mean, in terms of the, the software that's out there that's available to assess that data and, and, and to work with that data, has become even more powerful. That has certainly made our job. You know, I don't want to. I want to be careful in saying easier, <laughs> right? Because that, not not to imply that in aspects it hasn't made it easier, but it certainly has made us able to maybe make more decisions in in a quicker turnaround that may would have been able to done in, in the past because I mean I can I don't necessarily remember but I remember people telling us about you know there were days when numbers were, were calculated on a you know on a spreadsheet mm-hmm. with a pencil and paper and, and a ledger pad and, and you had to actually you know use a key punch and whatever else to, <laughs> to calculate those numbers and obviously that's been accelerated with computers and right. everything
0: else. Yeah and you know some people would argue that because there's so much information at your fingertips and so many ways to go about it you you could argue be it's more difficult. Or at least there might be more pressure on you because you have so much info as opposed to, um, you know, the different ways and means back in the day, so to speak. Aside from the technology area, clearly you still need uh, certain skills that are involved and uh, maybe personality. What would you point to as being hey, some of the important aspects that if you're going to be successful as an actuary that you really would focus on in terms of, again, the skill side and the personality side?
1: Sure. Uh, I think on the, you know, on the skill side, Obviously, you know, one of the first things is either a, a love of or, or at least a an interest in math, um, and certainly math and statistics. I mean, obviously, those two areas um, are heavily involved in our work, you know, even on a day-to-day basis. Um, another skill um, that I've come to learn over the years is the, the problem-solving skill. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kind of the the taking a problem that you're being given, and a lot of times, you don't have a, a cookbook approach to solving that. It's not like we'll follow steps one, two, three, and four, and you'll get an answer. You often are given problems that there's no standard, you know, absolute way to, to do it. And, you know, you've got to take your skills and your training to kind of work through that to, you know, to get to an answer that, you know, that you can then take, and this would probably be the, the additional skill, is communicate that to someone, um, whether it's, you know, management within your company or someone outside that has no understanding, you know, and that's a a really great skill that's probably less, maybe, you know, you can't necessarily learn that in classes in college directly, but it's something that you learn over the years. And, you know, how do I take a, a complicated problem and explain that to someone else in a very approachable and common terms?
0: Sure. Well, since you brought that side of it up, I was curious when you're Explaining what your findings were, what your analysis is of the entire situation. Is there a typical way that that's done? I mean, is it a one-on-one conversation? Is it a group sort of presentation? You just writing up a report? Um, does it vary depending on the project? What's been your experience with that?
1: Yes, I mean I think the answer is that it definitely varies. I mean there you know, certainly there are times when you you're dealing with individuals just on a one-on-one basis. Okay. And that other individual obviously maybe someone that's that's familiar and it's even maybe another actuary. So there you're dealing at a different level um, or you may be dealing with, you know, upper management in a company or, or someone from the outside. And so there you're having to, you know, kind of think to yourself, you know, how can I explain this, you know, in a sense that they truly understand. Um, and, and, and there are challenges with that. I mean, it's certainly that's one of the, the parts of the career that can actually be very, fascinating because you do kind of have to sometimes sit down and think to yourself, okay, how am I going to explain this so that they can understand um, in kind of everyday language?
0: Sure. Now, our idea here is we're kind of working backwards in terms of, you know, we've been talking about the profession itself and a little bit of the day-to-day and and maybe some of the skills and personality. So let's go to the idea of applying to jobs now. Um, I guess, what types of things would you say to job seekers, that it's important to know when you're going in to apply. I mean, maybe it's something where you're, you're physically with the resume and cover letter idea, or you can talk about the job interview. Um, just really a little discussion on uh, what, what that, sort of what the process is like and some of the details that job seekers should know. You know, I think ind-
1: individuals that are interested in, in, in being an actuary or in the actuarial career, you know, obviously they, they need to You know, have had some kind of mathematical training in school. I mean, that's certainly a start. Um, And then, you know, from there, you know, other things that can help, whether it's on the resume or whatever, is certainly maybe some business skills to go along with that, whether it's some, you know, some basic understanding of accounting and that kind of thing. Um, And then I think, you know, in today's environment, probably with a lot of careers, you know, internships. Are certainly of value mm-hmm. and, and can be very important. Um, you know, I think employers are always looking for people that at least have had some exposure to the profession. Plus, I think for people that are interested in this career, it's such a unique career to begin with. Internships can provide a lot of value to find out, you know, is that something I'm really interested in?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, without spending, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort and then realizing, you know, that's not really at all what I thought it was like. Um, And I think that provides a lot of value because, again, it is such a unique career so that people can kind of find that early on.
0: How about if we took it into the the job interview side of things? Uh, I guess any advice you could give there in terms of that process? I always wondered something like this where you're going to be asked to analyze data and, and sort of, as you said, that problem solving side of it, are you tested on those things in an interview? Do you have to analyze some data on the spot? Um, and again, I know I'm sure it could it could vary on, on different circumstances. But anything you've seen or heard yourself um, from within the industry?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not familiar enough to say that I've heard anything. You know, and I and I can't speak to the fact. You know, whether I you know, to say that I've done you know a hundred different interviews to so, um, or been with different employers to see everybody how they interview. I don't think most employers, especially for people new to the career, are expecting you to sit down and have to analyze a problem within an interview.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know i think I think in that interview process, they're going to be able to tell more from just you know the standard interview questions about you know how does someone think on their foot in terms of just answering questions and and how do they come across okay. And I think, again, in this profession, sometimes the interview process isn't necessarily to find the the perfect candidate for exactly that job, because we know it's such a an unusual career. I think you're oftentimes maybe just trying to find the right candidate that you think would fit into your culture and your company. And then you will begin to see maybe if they have the skills necessary for this particular career. And, and that may or may not work out sometimes.
0: Well, that's, I mean, it's definitely a, an interesting perspective. And in an, you know, a lot of people we talk to, it, it there is so much talk about that fit into the culture and the personality side. So I don't think that's um, too unlike a lot of the other areas we talked about um, in the past. So we've sort of, you know, we've gone through the process of what the day to day is like. We're, we're discussing a little bit about applying for jobs and in the interview. You know, we have listeners have all that insight now. So look, we'll take it back to the educational side. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about your education, that would work, or in general terms, uh, maybe what people would be looking to get into specifically in terms of degrees, um, choices of schools, how much that matters, um, do you feel in the industry? Um, again, you can kind of go where you like with this, but whatever you see is important that the, uh, the job seekers that are listening uh, should know about the educational side.
1: Okay. I think, I think there is value. I'll spend just a second or two on my background. Um, I actually did go to a college that, like I said, had an actuarial program right. at the time. Now there actually are what we call centers of learning or centers of excellence that are institutions or colleges that have been recognized that have an actuarial program. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a requirement that someone, you know, has to go to one of those institutions to get into the actuarial field, but those programs do, you know, at least provide individuals with, you know, some of the training, especially in terms of the math and, and stuff that they need to be prepared, because one of the one of the unique aspects of this profession is that there are a series of exams that an individual um, would take in order to get licensed or be, I guess, licensed—not in the technical term—but to be certified or, or um, as a as a credentialed actuary. Okay. So some of those programs actually. You know, we're built around that, and so they get those individuals prepared for that. But certainly, you know, from an educational standpoint, you, you would want to have math. You'd want to have statistics, um, maybe even some business classes and, some you know, some general business classes as well to, to be prepared at least for that aspect.
0: Since you brought it up, you you mentioned the idea of, you know, certification, um is that something that's required to hold a position in in the professional world? Is that something that happens in the process of uh, getting your education? what's sort of the uh, what's sort of the the mo in, in terms of acquiring the required whether it be certification licensure uh, you know what sort of that path and how does that all work for those listening?
1: The, the typical path for for someone that wants to be an actuary is that they would begin to to take these exams in order to become credentialed as a as an actuary in terms of recognized in the industry. Um, and there's there's two main levels. There's what we call um, Associate of the Society of Actuaries, and then the the, the, the last level, or the full-blown level, is a Fellow of the Society of Actuaries. Um, and that's where you actually have, have passed these exams and and, and reached that um, proficiency to be credentialed. Mm. There's also... Um, an organization that called the American Academy of Actuaries, which you can also join and be what they call a member of the American Academy of Actuaries. And those credentials allow many actuaries that are practicing in the industry to sign um, public documents that often need signatures and that would, would recognize them as meeting the requirements to do that. So there are or several professional organizations that are involved as you move along this path where you would be seeking that recognition through those professional industries to, you know, to get those credentials.
0: Right. No, and I I do see that as a very important part of this and part of our our podcast that we do with with this specifically is to give listeners an idea that there may be extra steps or there may be certain um, requirements that you need to reach that you might not know offhand. So I appreciate you bringing that into the conversation. Going back to just the general conversation then uh, in terms of actuaries, uh, we always wonder about keeping up on the latest information, um, continuing your education, that sort of um, idea. What do you do specifically to make sure you're on maybe the cutting edge ideas of strategy or analysis? Uh, You know, just, just ways that people understand that you need to continue the learning process that doesn't stop once you just get into the professional world.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's actually, that's a very important part of our profession. And in fact, for practicing actuaries, um, there are continuing education requirements um, on an annual basis. And in fact, it's a very vital and important part of our kind of requirements um, for both our involvement in the, as I mentioned, the Society of Actuaries, as well as the American Academy of Actuaries. Both require a certain level of continuing education. Um, And in fact... There's pretty strict requirements in terms of what all is involved in terms of what you need, how much, in terms of how many, you know, how many hours you need a year to maintain, um, as well as the amount of what we call organized continuing education, where they actually want you to be involved in face-to-face with other actuaries in the industry so that you are keeping up on the latest information and the latest research in your practice.
0: And and that's obviously something that, as you mentioned, being an important factor, and again, very consistent with what we we hear with a lot of the jobs uh, we talk about on our shows. For you yourself, uh, you know, I'm sure it could be different for everybody. But what, what what is it that you really love about what you do, and obviously something you've you've had success in your career? What would you point to as being the aspects you really love about your job?
1: Okay, yeah, I think if uh, I were to think about that in terms of what's happened over my career. I think it's been the the ability to to grow from from just enjoying math and statistics, and then you know, okay, now what do I do with that? To actually taking that skill and having a a way to use it to help solve problems, and then be able to learn how can I communicate the the problems I've solved to other individuals to to improve the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. You know, it's that whole process of analysis and, and communication, um, and working with other professionals. You know, in an industry that I appreciate and like, and the fact that it's very unique. Um, you know, again, I think that's one thing. You know, there's not a lot of actuaries, <laughs> and it's a it's a very unique field. Um, and, and and I think the people that find yourself working with are, are highly professional and and really. Enjoy their job as well, and I think it's that, just that all-around job satisfaction that comes from being in a profession that is challenging, certainly, um, but also has a lot of rewards in terms of how we communicate and solve problems.
0: I think that's definitely something people always enjoy hearing, uh, you know, from a professional, just that they really do truly enjoy their job and some of the aspects uh, of it specifically. Uh, we're getting low on time here, but I wanted to give you uh, an opportunity at the end, as we do with all of our guests. Um just if you were in the shoes of the job seeker, maybe something that you think is is important as a takeaway here, something maybe you wish you had known going into uh into your adventures and becoming an actuary um what what would be your last piece of advice before we left here today?
1: okay, uh, you know, I think anybody that's looking into getting into this profession in terms of today you know it it's a changing profession like anything out there i mean we're we're always changing, and I think there's you know more challenges. Then there may have been, but that can be a good thing because then that means that there's more opportunities. Um, I think there's more opportunities in terms of what you you can get involved in. And so for that reason, I think as you come into the profession, you know, don't don't look at it just as you know, okay, I have to enjoy math to be in this profession, but but look at it as an opportunity to say, well, okay, maybe I've got some skills along with that that could maybe be used. Whether that's the fact that I'm a you know, a good speaker or, or enjoy some other aspect that I can use those skills to maybe find an opportunity that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you're willing to, to push yourself and, and, and be challenged, it's a career that's certainly worthwhile.
0: Well, unfortunately, that is going to do it for us here on I Want to Be an Actuary. Our expert guest has been Joff Williams, a consulting actuary with Actuarial Management Resources Incorporated. Uh, thanks again for joining us today, Joff. We definitely appreciate your insights and uh, the details you've been able to give us today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Of course, if you have any comments or questions regarding any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.